0: I felt that my dad really tried to be present when he was at home. So I would I could see the difference between friends who their parents didn't travel, but they weren't present in the small things of life.
1: Welcome to Holding the Fort Broad, the podcast about frequent business travel and working away from home. My name is Rhoda Bangata. I help families where one parent travels a lot for work avoid stress and disconnect so that they can enjoy the growth and intention this lifestyle can bring. Today, my guest is Anna Zhu. She grew up with a dad who traveled. She's now an adult, and I'm very excited to hear her experience. If she felt she had, for example, an absent father, what their family did to stay connected. So this interview is really, really important. I think for a lot of listeners, because one of the main things we worry about is whether we are ruining our children. And so now here we are with an adult who has lived this as a child. And uh, I'm so grateful to have you here. So thank you so much, Anna You're Welcome to this episode.
0: Thank you, Rhoda. I'm really excited for this opportunity (laughs) and this invitation.
1: Well, thank you. So my first question is, did your father travel like most of your childhood or did he start at a certain point?
0: I think he was always traveling. So there are some stories. Like when I was a few months old, my dad was traveling. That time it was just inside the country we live in or we used to live in that time. And there is one story that I just came to mind is that I had a really bad respiratory problem. And in that time, we didn't have cell phones. <laughs> so it was a bit complicated because my mom was alone with me and had to take me to the hospital. And then she was trying to contact my dad by telephone to just tell him like, oh, this is happening. And it took him some days to get to the city we were living at the time. So I remember that ever since I was a few months old, he would be traveling a lot. There is one story also that when I was around two or three years old, my dad came home and he was traveling so much that year that I didn't recognize him (laughs) and it was a bit of, oh, I don't want to talk with him because I was angry that he was just traveling a lot. But things I think got better in a sense that we understood of, okay, we need to have a balance of maybe less travels. And then when I was older, we were also living in another country. So, the situation changed a bit and he had to stay in that country for a bit longer of a time and then he started traveling again. So it's a bit weird that sometimes I talk with friends <laughs> whose their parents didn't travel. And for me, that was the normal. And it was just later that I would realize, oh, that's not so normal. It was the normal for me.
1: Ah, So it's when you're talking to friends who've had their parents like not travel. You realize mm. there are differences? What? What? How yeah. does it come up?
0: I think would be like sometimes people saying, I don't know, just sometimes they would say something of, oh, how their dad works out of home and how sometimes they don't see their parents because their parents are working all day. But for me, when my dad was home, he was working from home. <laughs> so it was a home office situation. And he jokes that he has worked as a home office for 20 something years. So before it was cool to have a home office. And I remember that was a bit of a shock of people would come to my house and they would be like, but your dad works here? What happens? And then he would travel and I would mention like, oh, my dad is in that country. And they would be like, why is he there? It was a bit of a process too. Oh yeah, it's not so normal.
1: That's very interesting. So it was also where he he was gone, he was gone. But when he was home, he was like working from home as well. Yes. That's very interesting. And I remember when we met, you mentioned a story where your mom and your sister and you had moved. And he was traveling, right? You moved countries, but he was traveling at that time too?
0: Yes. When I was around eight years old, we'd moved countries. The plan was that he wouldn't be traveling for six months or so. But then I think one month later, he had to travel. (laughs) So we had to adapt. We had to move. We had to adapt to the school and everything. And my dad was also traveling that time.
1: Oh, boy. And your mom is a hero as well in the story, right? And it's (laughs) really... I think we need to give her a shout out in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so what what was it like for you then growing up? You said like it felt normal. Did, I assume you missed him. Was there anything in particular that now that you're an adult, you think like, oh, you know, maybe I missed out on something or maybe I had a childhood that was too different or something? Or Mm -hmm. how do you see it now as you're an adult?
0: I think something that coincidentally helped was the fact that we were moving so I think if I had stayed in the same city and my dad was traveling all the time I would feel it more in a sense of my life here is so different <laughs> because it's not so present in this city but as we were moving and trying to adapt to a new place there were so many things that he was also adapting and it would be a okay we're trying to figure out this together or me and my sister we would present to him the new city or share with him the things we discovered while he was traveling yeah i feel that i don't know i feel because i had a contact with people whose parents whose the parents worked so much and they weren't also so present i felt that my dad really tried to be present when he was at home So I would I could see the difference between friends who the parents didn't travel, but they weren't present in the small things of life. So I feel that for me, it was like, oh, it's different, but not in a bad way of I'm missing out on something.
1: That's incredible that you noticed that. So other parents, they were there, but they weren't really interested in their kids, whereas your your dad maybe was there less often but they were he was showing interest so like what what kind of thing Mm -hmm. what made you feel like he cared
0: I think I look back on the small things on how my dad loves reading and there is a comic book from his childhood that we call Turma da Monica and he had a he has a collection of those comic books and when I lived here the first time I lived in Brazil until I was eight years old I used to enjoy reading those comic books, but I feel that I didn't have such a big connection to them. But when we moved countries, those were the comic books that we could read in Portuguese. And I remember that for me, it was really special to keep reading them. And my dad had read them so long and so many times that he also knew the stories. (laughs) So we could connect over the stories on the books or in the comic books. And when I got older, he would get us, me and my sister, every month we would go to the bookshop together and he would say you can choose one book and that's the book you will read this month. So we had different habits of him sharing his interests with us and we would be sharing like bonding over those shared interests.
1: That is so so do you think he did that consciously or do you think he just wanted to bond and so he went with something that was natural?
0: I think it was more unconsciously in the sense of he and my mom wanted us to have the habit of reading and they wanted to help us gather that or foster that habit. So yeah, that happened. And um, It wasn't habit that I think we also saw him doing that because as you can see, there's a lot of books. So we have a lot of books at home and it was something that made, oh, this is home. We have a lot of books and we kept on building on that habit.
1: Was there anything else like that you remember from your childhood that was really special that your dad did when he was home and that your dad did when he was gone?
0: Yeah, I feel before the whole cell phone thing and the internet. Internet was here, but having cell phones easily accepted uh, accessed on smartphones. I remember that. Something that we still have on today is uh, playing board games together. So when I was younger, it would be card games that we would learn how to play together. And I remember my sister, she was two years old when she learned how to play Uno. And we would play together. And I feel that was something that we did as a family, playing together. And when he was traveling he always took care of bringing something from his travel to us as a small souvenir. So there was a period of my life that he would always bring me earrings from different places of the world because I wanted. and It was a bit of having a collection of different earrings and being connected that way. But that's so interesting that i realized now that when he's traveling, we don't do much in a sense of, oh, we send messages, he sends photos, but we don't connect in that we don't play online games <laughs> or we don't have video calls. He it has those with my mom. But when he's here, we he will bring a new board game and we will play together or he will share about a new book that he's reading. And those are different ways we <laughs> keep connected and talking.
1: That is so interesting. So when he's gone, well I'm so I, I assume he's like mostly working most of the time or he's with the teams that he's working with and so he probably doesn't he calls home to speak to your mom but not necessarily he didn't speak to you
0: yeah I feel that my mom tries and she says like do you want to talk with your dad and I'm like yes but at the same time it feels weird (laughs) to just talk in the phone and I don't know if it's also a generational thing because my sister is the same. We're like, even with families, how do you talk on the phone? It's yeah. it just say hi, or this happened and we don't talk so much. Do you think you, um the
1: way that your mother handled it, do you think it had
0: a positive
1: effect? the The way that she lived it was also something that allowed you to live it in a good way?
0: I think so. In the sense of, I feel sometimes it was a struggle now thinking back on having the routines, especially when I was in school, when my mom would take us to school, that when my dad is traveling, we have one type of routine, and when my dad is back, we have to adapt the routine and change it again. But for her, since she got married to my dad, he wasn't traveling at the time, but they knew that he had plans for a job that would require travel. They also adapted to that in a sense of, okay, so now you're not here, life continues, and we keep working, things have to work well. So I think the way that she did it and the way that she also took the decision to take a step back from her work to focus on raising me and my sister was something that allowed her to have more time with us. And it was a tough decision because of a lot of things happened. She had finished her master's when I was really young. And she decided, I don't want to do a PhD, so how do I navigate, be a mother, and then having a work that is outside academia. And it was, she started slow, like doing translation and then teaching English. And then she did another kind of jobs when we moved countries. But I, I realized how that decision also helped her to be really present and try to help us navigate and also focusing on house chores that is a lot of work
1: house chores yeah do you remember it being a hard choice for her or is it now as an adult you see that it was a hard choice for her
0: i think now as an adult i see it was a hard choice i don't have memories of when she stopped working because i was really young and then she had my sister and she had also had some health problems that she needed to have a spinal surgery, that she had some problem in her column. So I think when I was a child, I just thought, oh, that's the normal. (laughs) I didn't realize how much of an impact. As now an an adult, I'm doing a master's, and and it feels so scary to think of, okay, I focus so much work on this, and now I will say, okay, I take a step back, and I don't continue on this path. So I really admire her for the choice she made and how scary it might have been to say, okay, I'm taking a different path or an unconventional path that I realized when she took that decision 25 years ago or 23 years ago. It was a bit of a normal expected thing that you would be a mom, so you would take a step back from work. But now sometimes people will say to her, why did you do that? As you should have kept working as if raising children is also not a a huge work. It's interesting to navigate how I don't know the expectations people have on what kind of work you should be doing and also I think I realize I don't know if that happens for other people who are also holding the fort abroad in the sense of when you are alone with the children even if your partner is present as much as he tries to be. When he's also traveling a lot, it means that you have a lot of more work to do at home. So it's how and people sometimes don't realize that and they will say, Oh, why did you stop working? And I feel it's so more complex than just saying keep on working, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. So here's my question. Do you What would you say to parents who are raising children now where one of them is away a lot for work?
0: I think the important thing is finding family rituals in the sense of figuring out what are things you enjoy doing together as a family or even things you consider that are important doing together as a family. For example, as my family is a Christian professing family, as a a Christian Mm -hmm. family, we had devotional time as a family the four of us mm-hmm. and even if my dad was traveling we would continue doing that me my mom and my sister and then my dad returned from travels and we would also come to tell him why we were reading how things were and then continue reading together the bible but also something we did is that we would have like a, a daily checkup in that we would talk how our day went what are our, our prayer requests, and pray together. And for a non-Christian family, that can also be something like, what are you grateful for today? What can we be helping you in the following week? How are things going at school? We had intentional time together doing that, and that helped me and my sister connect with my dad, even when he was traveling, because we would feel excited about sharing how things were. And also have a space dedicated for sharing those things.
1: So you would do that with your mom when your dad was gone. Yes. And then you would do, and then your do- dad would join. But but you ne- that provided continuity. So it's it was kind of like a something you could expect, and you had you knew that you could say something during those times. Yeah. That's yeah yeah. That's cool. I think what you're sharing as your story is beautiful because it shows that it doesn't have to be disconnected because some families sometimes when one of the parents is gone travels a lot, they lose the connection with their children, especially as they become teenagers and young adults and the, the young adults feel like, you know, well, my dad didn't raise me or my dad wasn't really present in my life or, and I think what's beautiful about your story is that you're like, you're showing that even though your dad wasn't there, physically that it sounds like you never really felt like he was gone like you felt like it was just one family he just was was gone for a bit and then he would come back
0: yeah I I felt that he's still traveling so sometimes I still feel that and it's also it's interesting I feel how there are some years of my life especially when I was younger that we would joke. And I feel that in the joke would also be a piece of truth that we felt the absence in the sense that we would tell him how we always got hurt or had some medical crisis. Or I had, for example, when I was five, six years old, I had an. It was kind of an accident in the playground and I had to receive stitches in my head. And my dad was traveling during that. And my sister also had an accident when my dad wasn't present. And then she also had, no, she didn't get stitches, but she almost had to get stitches on. And we would joke something of, oh, that always happens when dad's traveling. And my dad would feel hurt of saying, like, why are you saying that? But it was also interesting to process of, oh, we are missing him. Um, we also don't know our kids, we don't know how to process that, and we might have done things that weren't so safe because we were just trying to play in the playground, but also weren't so safe while playing in the playground. So it was also interesting to navigate how how much of a weight it was on my mom, but also how she managed to care for us even when we were. Doing some reckless things and kind of getting hurt in the middle of it.
1: So you think you think you did more reckless things when he was gone? And that's why you got
0: so. hurt? <laughs> but also I don't know, I remember sometimes I was riding the bike and I got really hurt because I did I was trying to follow up the older kids and I was six at the time and my bike wasn't prepared to do the thing the older kids were doing. So I scrapped all my knees and my arms. But I remember that my dad was at home that time and he was the one who took care of me. So I think I have memories of both, of times that I got hurt and my dad was there and he would be the one caring for me and other times that my dad wasn't present and it would be my mom (laughs) having to take care of me. But yeah, I don't know if if it's correlated or not, but it's something that we realize how... Because of my dad traveling so much, sometimes we would get hurt and he wouldn't be there. So we just have to, okay, he's not here. How do we follow up on processes? So one of the times I got hurt, I remember that I did go to the hospital to get stitches on my foot. And my dad was in a meeting, but he was in the same city we were living in. And... He came to the hospital later but for me I was older already I was I think 14 or 15 and for me it was indifferent of if he was there or not because my mom was there so that was the important thing so it's interesting to navigate all those feelings and how now when I something happens I think my first reaction is to ask my mom because oh she will know what to do and later I will be like oh yeah my dad is also here I can ask him but the first response is, "Oh, my mom is here. I need to ask her that."
1: Yeah, she was like the 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 continuity, the stability, you know, the the primary carer. So it makes sense that you would that you would go to your mom because she was the one that that was there. But that's yeah. interesting what you're saying about you know, and it, it is something. I mean, I do remember like when my husband like my husband would leave on the Monday. And, you know, I remember one time my tooth started hurting, the roof started leaking, something else broke in the house, something happened with one of the boys. And I'm like, really, it's got to be today. It couldn't be yesterday mm-hmm. when he was still here, you know. <laughs> so sometimes these things, uh, these happen. but your dad was a bit hurt. Yeah, because he was like, I want to be here. I don't want mm-hmm. bad things to happen with for you, I suppose, you know
0: yeah I th- I wonder how much of the experience when I was a baby that I ended up in the hospital and he was kind of three days travel by bus away from us. also how much it impacted him of oh, oh, I don't have really good communication and this is happening. So yeah, I think that it's, I realized that something that really impacted us as a family, even if I was a really be- a baby when that happened, but how. It's a story that was repeated sometimes. <laughs> so it's something that I know about and I realized it had a huge impact. Oh, yeah, I can imagine.
1: Is there anything else, like as we sort of come to the end of the conversation, is there anything like you've processed or you've thought about that you wanted to add, something that as an adult you see differently now or that you've noticed more of from your childhood?
0: I think I noticed how when I was younger, I didn't understand the travels and I had a huge resentment towards his work in the sense of why is he traveling so much or not knowing when he was traveling and how my memory works. I don't remember if my parents told us and I didn't catch it because as a child, you don't have a lot of reference on how time works. Or if they just thought, oh, she's young, it doesn't matter. But I remember that it would impact me of not knowing is he home or is he not home. And when I got older, sometimes I remember at school when I was a teen that my friends would ask me like, oh, where is your dad now? And there was one travel that I was like, you know, I'm not sure. I don't remember. (laughs) And it would be weird of why don't I know where he's traveling to or why is he traveling there? But it was important, I realized when I got older, to have the conversations of knowing, oh, you're traveling this day, you are returning this day, or this is the place we are going to. It's funny that for me it was important, but I, I told us of some friends, um, they were like, how is that important? But there was one travel that he went to a place that the travel insurance told him that they wouldn't cover him there because it was a dangerous situation. And we needed to have a conversation as a family of, okay, we are like requesting a new life insurance that is just for that travel. If this happens, what are we doing? Like if he's kidnapped, what are we doing? If he dies there, what are we doing? And it was a weird situation because we were talking of, oh, do we pay extra for bringing the body back? And my sister, she was doing therapy at the time. And I don't remember if I had started therapy or not, but my sister lady was telling us, like, it's important to bring the body back because it gives closure. And it was a weird conversation to have. (laughs) But at the same time, it was important for us as a family to be like, okay, how do we navigate this situation that he's traveling to a place that is dangerous? The insurance is telling that is dangerous, but he also cho- needs to go there, or he chose to go there. And how do we also care for the people that he's visiting by saying, Okay, I'm, do- I'm going there, but how do we do all the preparations <laughs> and the care? And I know that's a conversation that you can't have with a child, but my sister was 14 or 15 at the time. And I realized that for both of us, it was an important conversation to have of knowing these are the risks but at the same time those risks can happen where we're living right now because life can happen <laughs> so how to have honest conversations of knowing the risks but also knowing we are doing the most we can to be safe and mm. and knowing the I reasons
1: think, right why they're yeah. going yeah to care for the people who are there
0: mm-hmm.
1: wow gosh i am getting really Emotional because hearing it from the voice of a adult who's lived it as a child is just so precious. And I've I've done podcast episodes with mm-hmm. parents, uh, and and therapists and everything, but I, this is the first one with an adult who's lived it as a child. Mm-hmm. Although I've spoken to lots of adults who who've lived it as a child, so this is really really good. Is there anything else? Well, what, did you, you didn't start therapy because of this, right?
0: No, it was because I had, so right now I'm living in Brazil and I came, it's so weird to say came back, but I actually moved to Brazil again <laughs> when I was 15 and doing high school was a traumatic experience on navigating the school system and the grief of leaving the country the way we had to leave it and all, all that happened. And I realized that I was, I had a lot of unprocessed grief as I understood what it meant to be a TCK. So I found a therapist that had TCK awareness, that she knew what it meant to be a TCK. And I told her, oh, I want to process this. And the thing that I started doing therapy was because I was afraid of how unconnected I felt to the city we were living in. And I said, I want to understand how to navigate this. And through therapy, I started understanding how much moving around a lot and also my dad being traveling, how much it affected me in a way. So I remember my therapist would ask me questions and she would be like, but you don't have resentment. And I was like, but why would I? It was just how life was. <laughs> so it was beautiful to understand and how to navigate and also come to terms on how we sometimes have an idea of what normal should be, and that we think we have to feed a pattern or a mode. But I realized how I had a really happy, I mean, but there were problems, but I had a really happy childhood, even with my dad traveling so much, and we found ways of building really good memories together. And I realized now how one of the things is that when he had the opportunity, he would take the whole family for his travels. So we would have kind of a vacation, but he would be also working. But for me and my sister, we were visiting a new place. <laughs> it was good. But I realized how sometimes you get so lost on what is the supposed way that you should be living your life. That it's weird how to then fit into high mo- highly mobile, mobile childhoods in that there is no unique way of doing this. <laughs> and each way is so different. So that has been a really fun way of navigating and finding purpose on how my childhood happened, but also being like, yeah, this is the one how I am today is because of that whole experience. So
1: you didn't have resentment of your dad being no. away, and your therapist was expecting you to have resentment. Yes. But at one point during the interview, you did say, I had resentment, but you, you didn't.
0: I think it was not in the way that she was expecting me to have resentment of everything is more of there were moments that i had resentment or there were moments that i would think of why is this happening but it wasn't the whole experience it was there were the good and the bad moments the good and the bad memories and it wasn't just one emotion for everything he was just wow. trying to find so the balance.
1: Eloquent. You are so <laughs> eloquent. So, just one last question. Would your dad say goodbye before leaving? Yes. Yeah. So, he, you knew he would be going for whatever long, but then you were never quite sure when he was coming back or like, is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is wonderful. And now you're working with third culture kids, right? Yes. Are you doing an inter- Can we say this? Are you doing an internship mm-hmm. with uh, TCK Training?
0: Yeah. I'm finishing. I started the internship in January and it ends now in December. Okay. And yeah, it has been an amazing experience too. That was also something interesting because this gate training has a lot of preventive care resources and a lot of guides on how to navigate these, how to help your children process change. I was watching the recordings and the workshops and also doing the materials of the curriculums we have there. And I remember telling my mom, oh, this is the thing they say you have to do, and that's what you did. Or these are the things we are supposed to do, and you did it like this, or you did it that way. So I feel that for my mom, it was also important. Chanal, for me, to is as an adult to see of You did the best you could, and that was amazing. And you, we didn't have resources in Portuguese, so she would seek resources in English. But also, twenty years ago, there or fifteen years ago, there weren't many resources written <laughs> or shared. So it's really fun and interesting to look back and say, "Oh, you did so amazing!" And these are the things that they are saying you have to do, and you did that. And I realized how it's not exactly that we need to have a detailed step-by-step on how you do it. It's just having a roadmap of how to navigate cultures. And my mom was looking for things for adults. And she would be like, okay, how can I help my children navigate these cultures? So that was really fun to look back.
1: That's, that's a big tri- tribute. I think it sounds like your parents were trying to be aware of what you and your sister
0: needed and to give you that. Mm-hmm. So anything you want to add before we finish? I don't, I don't know. I'm wondering, I I was thinking now, I was just wondering how a lot of times I said about my mom being the one at home and I realized that sometimes it's the other way around, that sometimes is also the dad, the one who stays and the mom's traveling. And I have met people who had that experience and it was also really fun to see how, how amazing the dads can also be when they are the ones who stay at home. And I also, I that's a, actually a question back to you, Rhoda. Um, have you interviewed people who had that ex- experience? Because from people I met and saw the expectations and the, all a lot of things happening were more heavy on the sense of why is the woman the one who's traveling or why is the dad the one who stays at home? and it's really interesting well there are
1: two i have two episodes now no three episodes now out of 32 or 33 episodes that are interviewing dads so Mm -hmm. the three of them are dads that are at home and their wives are um away and the latest one that is super interesting so the first one said to me like i said what do you want to say to dads doing this and and he says Two things. First, don't be afraid of your kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the second one is uh become friends with men and women. You know, don't don't worry about, you know, only trying to find men friends, whatever. So just try and build your own kind of network and stuff with other families. Mm-hmm. And then the last, the the guy I've just interviewed now, Patrick Cadian, he is a dad and he we used to work for USAID. And he says he did uh they did family branding. So they each have a color and an animal and the, and then they, he's done this, he's done multiple, like, um, co- like a, like a, um, a textile mm-hmm. uh, pieces and with the animals representing the the members of the family and the different colors. And this is something that they take from one apartment to the next, you know, from one home to the other. Mm-hmm. And so it gives, an, an, a, and so I think it kind of, gives them continuity. It gives them something mm-hmm. that they and um he said as well something super important about gender roles that basically mm-hmm. when you're a dad that stays at home you you basically go against traditional gender roles. And so he has he said, you know, you, you have to do the work to feel comfortable with that to be more you know the the traditional gender role is the dad is less in touch with his emotions Mm -hmm. and the dad is in competition there's more competition with other men about work and how much you earn and all that and he said all of that you have to do the work so that you're happy with you know where you're at and Mm -hmm. he it's a really interesting interview and he um he said they, they make it work and it works for him, it works for his wife and it works for the kids and but but he's the primary caregiver, so they go to him if there's you know if there's something going on. So uh-huh. it's interesting to get his 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 view on things. So, uh-huh.
0: so Oh, cool. but thank you. Hey,
1: what are you doing your masters on?
0: Uh, I'm doing a master's on sociology, um, reflecting on the impact of speaking or not speaking Portuguese in the experience of Venezuelan immigrants. Right, I remember now. The purpose or the goal is to reflect on the idea of language, identity and immigration and how it intersects. I'm focusing more on, okay, why or how can we teach Portuguese to immigrants to also help them on the process of integrating or integrating is a weird word that has a lot of implications but (laughs) on how to live in this new place and this new society and culture they are in
1: well thank you so much anaju for recording this podcast episode with me i'm really really grateful
0: thank you so much for the invitation and also one last thing i remembered and i was thinking on how talking more specifically for adults in the case or children who had higher mobile parents is something I remember is that I had the ha- I have the habit of writing and that's something my mom gave to us when I was around 10 or 11. And she said, this is the notebook. You can write everything you want and no one will read it. And I realized that writing <laughs> helped me process and see the bad and the good and also try to navigate that.
1: That's a really good tip. That's a really good tip. I hope that you found this episode encouraging and that maybe you found ideas to apply in your own situation. Please leave me a review of what you found helpful, what you would like to hear about, and any other comments you would like to leave. This helps other people find this podcast and it also gives me feedback. So it's very helpful. Thank you very much. And until next time.